Welcome to Women in Business, the podcast that celebrates the incredible achievements and stories of inspiring women entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Erin Buck. I'm thrilled to have you join me on this empowering journey of women in business. Throughout this podcast series, we'll delve into the remarkable achievements, triumphs and challenges faced by women entrepreneurs who have defied the odds and made their mark in the business world. So thank you for being interviewed by me today. Um, do you want to tell everybody who you are and what do you do? Hello. So I am B Higgins. Um, I'm a creative copywriter and messaging mentor for heart-led small business owners, um, including creatives, coaches and consultants, those kind of people um, who kind of want to express their unique magic with words so they can sort of nip that copy and content overwhelm in the bud and attract their kindred spirit clients. Um, so I do that via group membership, done for you copy and content, and one-to-one mentoring as well. So the mentoring is like when you're teaching other people how to do it? Yeah, so it's kind of like me and them. They typically come with like, you know, challenges they've been facing, whether it's kind of like creative confidence stuff, because you kind of need a little bit of that to get writing for your business, or maybe they're wanting to start their newsletter back up again but they're like how can I kind of differentiate this content um it's just whatever people sort of come to me with kind of thing I've got to admit when I first started out and I think many people out there that don't do social media and stuff they just assume that you know you just you just whack a caption out it's it's dead easy just whack a, a newsletter on and, you know you've got loads of things to say and oh my god you can run dry pretty quickly yeah, I feel like there are so many things that go into creating copying content that you don't really first think of. Um, you know, for, for a first start, you kind of need to nurture that part of your brain, like your creative brain to sort of even get kickstarted with stuff like that. Mm. Um, that's what I find anyway. I do not find writing easy. That's something I always say to my clients, especially the ones that, you know, are like, kind of feel those creative confidence blips where they're like oh it's always really hard for me I'm not good enough things like that I always make a point of saying sometimes I think I'm the worst writer in the world <laughs> you know no one's immune no I know we we all have that self-doubt don't we so how did you get into it what's what's the story where does it start from Ooh, let's cast our minds back a while so um, I've always kind of loved stories and expressing myself creatively. Um, I was like a bit of a voracious reader as a child. And I feel like that appetite for storytelling kind of never really went away. Um, so I kind of went through my childhood, my teens, doing all the reading, writing for projects in school. Then I started a creative lifestyle and book blog did that for a decade I was sort of posting thousands of articles and um, working with like big publishers and brands on various projects um, when I started out with that obviously blogging was kind of a thing but influencers very much weren't and Instagram didn't even exist yet um, so it was just like sort of like odd people just blogging from our bedrooms kind of just sharing stuff that we love just for the fun of it and it was mm. such a sort of creative fun space to exist in and so from there I went to university to study English with creative writing 
So half of that degree was sort of being spent reading and analysing sort of works of literature. And then the other half of it was spent sort of writing my own stuff. So depending on the module, it'd be like short stories, poems, creative nonfiction, bit of everything, to be honest. And I feel like I learned how to write for lots of different audiences and readers. And it was a really formative experience. And then <laughs> I, about 13 years ago, I got really ill and I was swiftly diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which is an incurable bowel disease, uh, but it affects way more than just your bowel. Um, and so what then sort of happened was many years of multiple major surgeries, one near-death experience, um, and I sort of came to the realisation I was never going to be able to do a nine to five job. It was that, that option was just gone. So I needed to figure out how I could support myself in a way that wasn't going to be destructive to my mental and physical well-being. And so for about six years now, about six years ago, sorry, I sort of ambled into the world of freelancing, very petrified and set about becoming a copywriter and a content writer I think I think I was always going to work with words I just didn't know that it was going to be this but this is perhaps the most accessible way for me to do that do you um, find freelancing isn't stressful for your health well that's the thing <laughs> you it's, know, like, it's like that's balance not, isn't it yeah it's not a walk, walk in the park like you know mm. I wouldn't say to anybody who has got a chronic illness and you know finds themselves in the position that I was where they can't you know go out and do a nine-to-five like I can't you know it is really stressful there's always plates to spin there's always something but it means I can be in my own home and especially with chronic fatigue which is one of my really big side effects that's a godsend mm. because you know however many days out of the week I can't really leave the house so when I weigh up my options that I had yeah. this was the best one and See, like we, you, we I'm do, sure you know yeah, we, we do have a, well not a similar story because obviously you've got Crohn's disease and my issue was a back but we mm -hmm. both had the same thing we had to create something because we knew yeah. that nobody was the nine to five existence just wasn't going to work because yeah. I need to be able to be flat on my back and you can't yeah. scan things at a checkout while being flat on your back. I think you uh, <laughs> yeah. might have a problem with that, really. But at the same time, I've noticed lately three years down the line how knackered I am, how yeah. stressed you can get and the guilt as well. So God, yeah. when you're lying there and you can't do anything and you can't think, all I'm thinking about is, oh, I've got that job to do, I've got that job to do, I've got that job yeah. to do. And so I find it hard to switch off, which is why I was obviously I was asking, do you not find freelancing stressful? I, yeah, I totally relate to that. And I think it's an important thing to sort of say as well, because I think, you know, for a lot of it, it's all like, my God, I started my own business and my life is just so great. And it means I can do this, that and the other. It's like, yeah, it's also horrible. 
you know, it I, have, I have positive, I have, I do positive posts of, you know, I am grateful yeah. that I yeah. can go to Greece on holiday and work from there. And I'm grateful I can sit in my garden and I'm grateful yeah. that the fact I can take Wednesday off when I feel like mm -hmm. it. But at the same time, I was working till eight o'clock last night because I couldn't put my computer down because I just knew I had this job that needed finishing. Yeah. to the point of not getting anything to eat during the day because I became mm. so obsessed with getting the job done. So there's it yeah, swings and roundabouts. There are plus and negatives to freelancing, mm -hmm. definitely. I think boundary setting is a massive thing. And also kind of figuring out a sort of off offerings that kind of mean you're not pushing yourself to the brink. And mm. so that's something that I'm really thinking about lately and is something I am going to be working on within the next month because I'm currently having a, experiencing a flare right now. So I need to make sure that everything I'm offering is kind of supporting me in the very best way whilst I'm experiencing a flare. Mm. So I'm going to I'm sort of really wanting to just sit down and be like, look, let's prioritize us and be like what do we need and want from our business and then we'll have a little think about you know what the clients need and want from me kind of thing you know and sometimes yeah. it does have to be that way around when you have a chronic illness yeah yeah do you feel that we we overcompensate because of our illnesses oh god yeah that's something <laughs> i am i've been really trying to work on because i was always like you know go the extra mile do the extra bit for everybody and you know always be like when works for you what's the best thing for you and like this year I've sort of just said to myself we need to change that kind of thinking and we need to go what's best for me yeah you know, as really much as as much as we're considering other people and people don't you know people aren't going to think less of us for it as well you know they're just no i think we're harder be... on ourselves yeah oh god <laughs> definitely you know i think i think that's kind of like you know the projection of like society and everything as well i think there's always going to be part of us that feels like we have more to prove mm. yeah especially when it's an invisible illness oh, because yeah. you, we, you know people want to see proof even down to obviously disability allowance and all that lot they yeah. have you have to prove jump through yeah. hoops that you have a disability or an illness and it's it is that in itself is tiring yeah, when covid like, happened sorry go on no that's okay no no it's fine i was gonna ask the next well, question I was, just, I was just gonna say it's like um like every time i use a disabled toilet sometimes <laughs> i've had you know things where people have been like oh you shouldn't be using this blah, 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 and i just turn around and these days i just i'm just very blunt and i have at it because i'm like no let's use mm. this as a learning thing you know sometimes I might have just been like oh just wandered off but now I always make sure to just be like okay right listen up <laughs> here's what you should and shouldn't say and here's what you should you know accuse people of or not you know I when I go to the doctor's surgery and I get called in first there was like a whole gang of like elderly people going off on one because I got to go in there first and I'm young and you know I couldn't mm. possibly have a need that was above theirs and I was having heart pains and I'd, I'd been having recurrent chest pains and I was just like you know like guys 
I understand, but still. Yeah, you, you don't know. I mean, I've been <laughs> shouted at because I didn't wave at somebody when they let me past. Because so, I drive. I yeah, I remember with, with you two saying with, about yeah, that. Drive with, with a handheld car because of my foot. And I pulled yeah. up at a junction and somebody let me past. Um, and they wound the window down because I I didn't wave at them, which is not even in the blooming the rules of driving using my hand yeah. to wave at somebody but you know when you're using hand controls I haven't got a third hand and so yeah. I can't accelerate brake change you know I've all got an automatic so I can do everything else so I'm sorry if you cannot see me raise my eyebrows or nod my head tough shit yeah. quite frankly I think the thing is though I think invisible illnesses are a pretty visible if you take a minute to you know if somebody watched me for like a few minutes or whatever I think they'd probably be able to guess to some degree you know that there's something going on there you know so yes I might not have like my scars might not be visible unless I decide to wear a crop top which mm. probably not gonna do <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know it's still very much there and yeah I think we've all had those experiences unfortunately where we've had to prove ourselves to a terrifyingly sad degree that is it is bad yeah. so when COVID came how did because you say that you've been in you started your business six years ago so how did mm. you cope during COVID what did you change about your business or not in a way I think being a chronically ill business owner meant I'd inadvertently created a business that was pretty pandemic kind of ready. Mm. You know, I didn't do in-person stuff. Everything was remote. So weirdly, during that time, I found that people seemed to want to sort of be productive and keep themselves busy. So I kind of had enough like website copy and blog content projects to see me through. I feel like I was very lucky in that respect. Um, I ended up shielding at my mum's house because my partner's a teacher. So I shielded for like, well, for all of the lockdowns with my mum, didn't go anywhere for months and months and months and months. So I was sort of back in my childhood bedroom <laughs> doing my job kind of thing. Um, I'm not sure how many kind of professional lessons I kind of learned during that time. But personally, I think I definitely learned to value my resilience a hell of a lot more. Because people had always told me, especially after my rush with death, that I was resilient. And I always said, no, 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 no. You know, I just was doing and processing everything in a healthy, productive way. And anybody else in that situation would have done the same, you know, when faced with really challenging circumstances kind of thing. And I think the pandemic kind of taught me that that's not true. So these days <laughs> I own that resilience and I'm happy to sort of say yeah I'm a resilient person kind of thing so that was a really um a nice kind of learning to take from it I guess but yeah I guess as I'm chronically ill in a way I'd set myself up for the pandemic and thankfully people almost it's almost like people needed to just focus on something to not they, yeah, they, need, they needed a connection, else. didn't they? They needed yeah. a connection. And the only connection mm -hmm. they could get was by going digital. And I yeah. found that a lot of businesses that were really resistant to going digital, oh, I don't understand that computer malarkey, I don't want to get mm. into that, suddenly had to get into it and did not know how it worked. Yeah. So I think, obviously, both of our businesses 
did well out of that because I was able to help people and you were able to help people. Yeah. And I think they took the time to, like you say, updo their websites and get things in order. Yeah. So how has it affected you now that the pandemic is over, I suppose, even though we've forever changed? Mm. So I think post-pandemic things sort of seem to tick along. Um, in the last kind of couple of years, I've worked with some incredible clients and I feel like I've been lucky enough to sink my teeth into some really fun, creative projects that have been really like fulfilling for me professionally. But then I think over the last six months or so, I think like many business owners I've been speaking to, I've noticed that things have been a lot quieter, perhaps in part to cost of living crisis, perhaps in part to like the rise of AI. Um, and then perhaps in part to sort of changing client needs almost because I feel people I've noticed people seem to have moved from wanting like done for you stuff to kind of wanting that kind of one-to-one mentoring and a bit more hand-holding in some kind of way shape or form Um, so I really try to kind of respond to that shift and as well as my own need to create a business that kind of supports me better through periods of both flair and remission. So I created my group membership for female business owners, Bloom with B. Um, I expanded my one-to-ones just to try and make sure that my offerings are kind of meeting what people seem to want now. But I've been speaking to a lot of people and yeah, right now things seem to have got a bit quieter for a lot of people. I've been hearing that a lot as well. Mm. Just take my jumper off. I'm a bit hot in my, uh, in my little room. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people have been saying that, you know, and they come up with reasons and they say, oh, you know, there's new platforms and it's the summer. But I always thought in my, during COVID, I said that we would never go back. It would always be digital or we would be hybrid because mm-hmm. now that they've come to see the, the greatness of digital, that we are now in the digital age. Mm-hmm. But then I've been seeing quite a lot of shops not bothering as much you know Mm. they've gone back into and I think they're really enjoying the missed years that they've had that Mm. they're letting things drop digitally because they're enjoying being back in person um where I hope it doesn't keep going in that direction I'd like it to stay I understand people like to have face to face and all that lot but you know I've quite relied on like my safety zone of being digital and online so I hope that it stays that way. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I, I totally agree with you. I think... So, I was going to say yeah. this, uh, the question is not on the list of the questions I gave you, but I did warn you I might ask you a question that wasn't. <laughs> you mentioned there the rise mm. of AI. Mm. How do you feel about AI? I'm not worried about it. Because I... Because like my kind of strand of copywriting and messaging mentoring is very much creative based and I'm very much about finding your voice, really expressing and honoring your unique magic. My clients tend to be the people who want to do that themselves through their own whatever and they're not really petty or into the idea Mm. of you know AI like I'm not against AI if it helps people if they can't you know writing is really difficult and if that's the only way that you can really get out there or it's helping you be a bit more visible because you're really frightened of writing and things like that then fair enough but I'm not worried about it because 
everything that I've read that's been AI generated is so kind of diluted and dare I say dull Mm. I'm not worried about it coming for me because it doesn't have my brain my perspectives my experiences my skills I like it as a source um a source of getting ideas sometimes yeah but I still I I can you can sort of pick out the ones that are completely just copied and pasted. Have and you had my... any um, AI comments yet? People that have left comments that have no. been written by AI. Nobody Ooh, leaves comments on my posts anyway. <laughs> well, they're basically it just reads as like a short overview of your post and then just sort of says like great stuff. And I'm like, thanks, <laughs> thanks for sort of <laughs> So they've copied and pasted your post into Chat GBT no. and said write me a reply and then yeah. it's just done a review and then they've copied it back in again I it's just very soulless that. yeah it's very soulless and I'm I'm not again you know I'm not like I don't want to judge anybody that uses it because like I said I know that it can be so useful and really helpful for all different kinds of things I'm just not interested in using it and I prefer much prefer reading stuff that comes from the person and I can see through AI written especially blog content I can see Mm. through that like there's no tomorrow because I'm like this could have been written on any website like there's no first-hand experiences there's no sort of like like the tone of voice is literally robotic Mm. and it's just kind of like why I'm, I'm bored from the title let alone anything else but you know, I, I am a creative writer, so it's not, you know, I'm not going to be the most compatible person with it. And that's that's fine. I don't need to use it if I don't want to. I think um, even tech people, my husband's a computer programmer and he goes on about it all the time. And just the fact that if you ask it to program something, it just does it. And it's like, oh, God, this is a, it's the downhill slope. I just uh, think it takes so much joy like it feels so soulless and joyless and I don't know I think because I'm so far the other way it's always going to feel like a kind of alien concept to me I've noticed that chat GPT really likes the word crucial so if you see a bit of text and then it says you know such and such is crucial in today's age I just suddenly pick up thinking Oh, I think that's been written by ChatGPT because it just seems yeah. to be the go-to word that it brings up all the time. But... I think, you know, if I if I put out a post that had been written by AI, I'm pretty sure the majority of the people that read it would go, "That that's not B. Like, they would know, you know? Yeah. Because I think if your voice is so distinctive and you're passionate about set things that you talk about and you bring to life and you bring in your own experiences and you write really enriching content I feel like at the moment it's never going to weigh up yeah it's not good enough yet no god help us when it is (laughs) yeah well do keep warning us to pay attention that it's not uh it's not i'm going to be looking for a rich benefactor at that point so if anybody <laughs> is listening and they are a billionaire hit me up <laughs> i've just said uh when they start calling their business skynet and uh you know then i'll start worrying about terminators and all that kind of malarkey going on 
so for any other um i'm trying to remember my questions to make sure that they're in the right order um any other women that decide to go into the copywriting realm mm. what advice would you give them oh good question do you know what it's probably not too far from kind of the advice that i actually share with the people that i work with i would say don't shy away from expressing and honoring that unique magic in your business you know you've got stories that only you can tell perspectives that might open up whole new worlds of thinking for your clients so embrace them and do things your way um craft a, an approach to writing for your business actually feels good to you um, and sometimes that literally means throwing out the rule book when you need to and just focusing on all of the wonderful things about you and what you do that kind of make you the perfect fit for the exact person that you want to work with and just don't worry about the rest I think when your timeline and stuff is like filled with like you have to do it this way you have to do it this way don't forget you need to do this don't forget you need to do this it's so overwhelming and the amount of clients that have come to me because of that and they're saying I'm just not writing anything for my business because I I you know there are so many things that you need to remember and all of these rules and things and for me a lot of the time is spent deconstructing all of that and going okay let's figure out the approach that feels good to you right now that gets you posting and we'll work from there and I think I would say that to other women you know who are copywriters getting started and things like that because you know especially coming from a creative background and things like that when I turned up with my business with no kind of business acumen because I was starting a business because I kind of had to at that point not because I was like you know business oriented like yeah an apprentice candidate kind of thing not that they're much better than I was at that time to be honest um you know I think it I diluted myself totally and I didn't show up as like me because I was so worried about you know clearly standing out and things that I didn't put my whole self into it whereas now I yeah all of me is in all of my posts and I think that seems to serve me well it does and I think with um social media well just more than social media running a business mm -hmm. I had the same thing in the fact that I don't like using buzzwords and all you know authenticity and and all that but it's yeah. still an important word and mm -hmm. I will call people out if I don't like something and I, I, I try to be as honest as I, well, I am as honest as I can be with people. If they say, you know, can you do this? I say, no, I can't. Yeah. You know, I don't think that I'm, you know, I don't like, like you, I don't like the, the, oh, I've got this seven figure business because I did this and so can you too, you know, and I'm going to take yeah. your money off you and you're not going to have anything in three months. And it's down to you because you've not done it when oh dear me yeah stuff like that I don't know it just turns me like just completely I'm like nah you're not existing in the real world and I you know I've I don't, got yeah, no I don't, interest in that they're out for them well I'm going to say it, they're out for themselves when they have that kind of mentality and it's you know I wanted when I started my business I want like you I wanted a business that I yeah. could do that I could work from home and earn enough money to mm -hmm. survive I don't want yeah. an empire I always say I want a quiet, comfortable life. Yeah. 
Well, you said when we first met, you never want to leave where you live and you've always lived there and you want to stay there. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think those stories are sort of shared, especially on like LinkedIn, things like that in terms of like aspirational content. But like literally for me, I want a quiet, comfortable life in Somerset. I've got no interest in being a millionaire or a billionaire or like, you know, or, you know, having a massive team or anything like that. And I think that's kind of, all of the kind of aspirational content around that that's kind of what it kind of is based on and I'm like okay that's not for me like for a lot of people that might be for them and that's that's fair enough you know I can't cast a judgment on people who kind of want that in their life because that's fair enough but yeah for me that's yeah (laughs) no interest (laughs) I've got a nice little house and I think about people oh I want a mansion and all I can think about is oh my god how can you clean the mansion I don't want to clean the mansion I'd rather have my little house (laughs) for me it's like well how do you know if there's anybody stowed away in each room that's going to murder you that's that's (laughs) my big thing I'm like I want a tiny house where like (sighs) if I'm downstairs I can see every single room that's downstairs and when I go upstairs there's like three rooms that's enough yeah (laughs) I I don't think there are people being in my house murdering me, but yeah, I like the three bedrooms. I've I've watched too many true crime things. I really (laughs) had to cut down. (laughs) It was impacting my life. (laughs) I have to admit, I'm a bit of a binge watcher for the odd murder thing. Uh, We are, well, maybe all creative people are like this. (laughs) Imagination, isn't it? Just, yeah. (laughs) So, B, so the final question I'm going to ask you is, in your... Mm -hmm life both work and personal have you ever come across a positive or negative situation that's happened because of your gender Ooh, a biggie uh yeah i feel like there's i mean there's been loads of times where i've been underestimated um especially when i was just starting out in my business because i was a younger woman um i feel like yeah, I feel like I definitely felt that I was kind of being judged for that, whether that's just coming from me, but I felt like there were people that sort of maybe tried to take advantage of that fact as well. And I'm very stubborn and I am not a pushover, so that was never going to happen. Do you know what? These days I tend to work primarily with women. I will still work with men, but I market myself towards women for sure. Because I've had some incredibly difficult experiences in the past when it comes to being disrespected, treated extremely poorly. Um, And I started to notice a bit of a common denominator. And I'm obviously not, you know, casting, you know, a brush over everybody, like every man or whatever, because that's just not not true. Um, But I feel that I seem to be most aligned with fellow business women I work a lot better with them it seems to be a much more respectful open um, collaboration and so yeah I have definitely encountered situations related to my gender and I think that's kind of really sad in a way isn't it it is I think it's for years people have just accepted it's the norm and when you know this is just the way it is and the way it should be Mm. but 
I think it's changing. But even then, I'm quite the feminist and I get really angry with my own son and husband when they make comments. But they're both mm. sort of like really in tune with themselves, with my family, because obviously I've had I've brought them up and been with them mm -hmm. and said, oh, I don't accept that. But they will still slip into saying something. Uh, and, you know, even my husband pulled up my 20-year-old 20, 20 because he went, you do realise what you're doing right now to your mum is your mansplaining something. <laughs> and, you know, obviously I have the driving force that has brought this boy up and yet he still talks differently to me because I'm a woman sometimes and I have mm. to pull him up for it. And he's like, oh, well, I didn't mean it like that. And I said, well, I know that you don't mean it like that, yeah. but you've where you've ever you've, you've picked that up from. So I think, I think it's as like a quite a very headstrong woman, which I am. And if I feel something is wrong or whatever, I will never keep quiet and I will always be, you know, responding in things. I've noticed, I think I noticed in the past that it was kind of like a power thing where, you know, certain clients are trying to sort of establish a real power imbalance. Mm. And I personally think that when you work with a client, you are both at the same level. Neither is, you know, above or below the other. It has to be based on mutual respect and understanding. So when I noticed that that seemed to, you know, be creeping in to those collaborations, I just thought to myself. It's reminding people no. that you're working with them. You're not working yeah. for them because yeah. they get the... Um... And I don't know if this is more men than women, or, you know, I have no experience of it, but it's they come along and because they're paying you money, they feel that you work for them. Well, no, you run your own business and you're working with them. Yeah. Uh, and that's a mindset that I think sometimes doesn't get picked up by maybe older generation for a start off that's coming into the mm. digital world later. Um, and like I said, I've got I, no proof it's men only, yeah. but... Oh, no. I think it's kind of, it's like social conditioning, isn't it, really? You know, you're, you've only got an awareness level of certain things because you've got that lived experience kind of thing, you know, and sometimes it will take people with different life experiences and things like that to be like, hey, do you know what? This isn't okay. I don't like this. And that's fine to vocalise that and be like, do you know what? I'm setting a boundary here. This isn't right. And I'm not, you know, I'm I, I'm not going to be, you know, dealing with that. Thank you very much. You know, um, so it's good that yeah. you're, you're, you're that empowered enough to be able to to do that. I'm like that. I am. Yeah. You described it as stubborn and I describe it as stubborn. But I think it's also a certain level of empowerment yeah. that we have. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, you know, I if someone tries to intimidate me, I've on over, I've had repeated times yeah. where a man will try and stand taller than me. Because he's trying to intimidate me. Well, if you'd asked nicely, I'd have done what you asked. But now, no, I'm going to be right stubborn and just sit here. I think that that's like a quality. It's almost like going back to like chronic illness. I feel like because we almost feel like we have more to prove and because, you know, kind of societal stuff still exists where we're kind of viewed as less than by some people and you know our rights are very important for us to hold on to maintain and better I think that definitely plays a part in it and we know that we have to advocate for ourselves perhaps more than most people 
because at the end of the day it's kind of our health mm. on the line so we spend more of our time advocate advocating for what is right for really being empowered by our bodily autonomy because we realize that's kind of all we have in this life and we you know you have to be empowered and to understand all of the big things around yourself you know so I think that definitely I think that comes from that you know just partly yeah I never thought of it like that but yeah I I agree Mm. so um that's bringing us to the end of uh, our little chat it's been lovely um do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch with you or work with you I can indeed. I've absolutely loved this, Erin. I feel like we are two people who could just talk for hours and hours on end and put (laughs) the world to rights. Um, So you can find me on LinkedIn by looking for B Higgins. Um, I'm also on Twitter slash X. Whatever it is choosing to be. (laughs) Whatever it is. Will I still be there in the next few days, weeks, months? Who knows? But you can find me at Bloom with B over there. Um, and on Instagram, I'm at Bloom with B Copy. Um, I've also got a bi-weekly newsletter kind of filled with lots of copy content and creative mindset tips and lovely little bits of soulful storytelling as well. Um, you can find that via the links on any of those platforms that I've just shared. Um, or you can email me, b at fevertramp.co.uk. Brilliant. Thanks again, B. I mean, obviously, I knew that we were going to get on with the fact that, you know, We've both got B <laughs> in our names. <laughs> Have a yeah, lovely, uh, a, a lovely rest this afternoon if you need it, and you take oh, care I of will. yourself. Thank you very much. Bye.